If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pulled back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Double Your Sales Now, where you learn all the tips, mindset shifts, tools, and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host, Ursula Mentis, and I can't wait to dive into today's show. I'm really super excited because the Quantum Sales Summit is right around the corner now that we're in January of 2018, and um, we have one of our sponsors here today, Jim Hull, who also has worked very closely with my company in the last year, helping us. Um, with our sales funnel and some other marketing areas to get to the next level. So Jim is with Visify, and I'm so excited to have you here today. So Jim, welcome to the Double Your Sales Now show. Hi, Ursula. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here as well. I'm so excited, and I'm excited to have this conversation because we've had other conversations, but not really this one about sales and how you've grown your company and how you've survived the ups, the downs, and the world of technology. So excited to talk with you about that today. For our listeners, I just want to say thank you for being here with us. I've noticed that we have listeners now from over 50 countries, which is really fun. Thank you for your emails. Thank you for reaching out. We love hearing from you. And I, I appreciate just all the reviews and all the, the support. I'm so glad that the show is helping you. So if the show has done something for you, please email us at Ursula at salescoachnow.com. I'd love to hear from you personally and hear what's going on in your world. Today, you know, we're going to talk with Jim, and I want you to know why I'm excited to interview him, okay? So Jim has been in marketing for nearly 25 years. His current business, Visify, focuses exclusively on the expert industry. I know a lot of you are experts out there. Partnering with coaches, consultants, and online trainers to monetize their expertise and scale their business by leveraging the power of digital marketing. Woohoo! I love that. Since that's since its founding in 2013, Visify has quadrupled its revenue, which is why I'm excited to talk to, the, to talk to Jim today, which means they've six times their profits while driving the growth of experts like me and Lisa Sasevich and Dr. Venus Opal-Reese and dozens of other thought leaders. So Jim um, also has partners that he works closely with that have helped him grow the company. And we're just really interested in, you know, learning more about how you've done that and a little bit about your story. So let's start there, Jim. Would you mind just 
telling us a little bit about how you became a digital marketer certified partner and a founding member of DM Partner Advisory Board, just all the things that you're involved in and how you launched your company. Tell us a little bit about you first. Sure. Um, hi, everyone. So like Ursula mentioned, I've been in marketing for quite some time before it was digital, um, you know, putting ads in magazines and on radio and things like that um, in the beginning. But I got into digital pretty early on, actually. I started a website development and design business in the late 90s <laughs> when there weren't many people in the business and um, pretty much everybody was a potential client because everybody needed a website. So I started off that way and then eventually, you know, the website design business kind of became saturated. A lot of people were doing it. It kind of bifurcated into the really, really cheap DIY market and the high-end um, brand market. And I felt like the middle was getting really squeezed out. So I was looking for a way to build on what I had built, which was the expertise in digital, uh, specifically in you know marketing and um, with the website um, angle, but um, extended into something that was, you know, again with how I did with websites, which was you know something that was a more emerging, something that wasn't quite you know the red ocean of <laughs> the competitive space where everyone was in it, um, and so you know digital marketing really came to be that, um, and so I. I um, partnered up with a, a young man. He was an intern of mine um, when I had the web design business, and he actually brought us uh, quite a bit of uh, marketing. Um, so it kind of started the transition um, at that point. Uh, and then um, he went on to finish high school <laughs> and decided not to go to college. And we decided to partner up and create a, this, this agency, Visify. So that was 2013. Wow. So you've had quite an incredible story, quite an incredible run already. And so I want to hear a little bit about when you first launched your business, did you have any limiting beliefs about sales or selling? Did your partner, like where were you guys? I mean, you, you had this, this college intern, I mean, a high school intern working for you. You were kind of just, you know, on your own, the two of you. What kind of limiting beliefs did you have or what was that like to start reaching out to clients? Well, so one of the big things for me is, well, I grew up with a, with a father who was a salesperson, actually. Um, he sold insurance. Ah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, life insurance. But for somehow, I got in my head that, um, and, and this is kind of a, maybe a harsh word, but I felt like sales was a little bit of manipulation, that I was convinced, that sure. I, I guess it had something like the idea of convincing people to buy something, you know, whether they needed it or not, just conv the convincing thing was in my head. So that was the biggest thing that I had to overcome, uh, you know, because it really wasn't, you know, we can get to this later if, if we want to in more detail, but really, you know, it wasn't, you know, I had to get over the fact that like I wasn't convincing them, I was offering them a service <laughs> that um, in most cases they came to me for <laughs> because most of our leads are inbound. Um, you know, we're not necessarily reaching out to people. We're not doing cold calling or anything like that. These are people that are coming to our site. They're coming through our funnel, whatever, looking for something. So, um, but that's been huge for me to get over that, to understand that I'm really providing a service to people, not there, there's no convincing involved. I just wanted to acknowledge you. That was, that's one we hear a lot, that feeling of convincing or trying to, like I'm pushing someone, when in reality, as you found out over time, especially when people were coming to you, like you were really solving their problem. So sorry, go ahead. What was yeah. the second thing you were going to add? No, that's, yeah, that was, that was really big. I mean, another thing is I'm an introvert. I don't know if that's going to come across in this interview. Probably it will at some point. But I'm pretty much an introvert. Um, I need my time. Um, I'm soft-spoken. I have to force myself to speak up. And 
um, I thought sales was about extroverts. So I actually didn't see myself in the sales role at the beginning because my business partner is is uh, more of an extrovert. And um, a lot of our early coaches um, were telling us that he should be the one um, doing the sales. Um, but actually, what his, his what we found out was his you know his genius is really in the strategy and the execution on the marketing side, um, and not really on the sales side because. Um, it's not necessarily just about extroverts. I'm not saying he's bad at sales. It's just that I actually was, I learned that I was good at it, that it wasn't about being introvert or extrovert. It was, you know, really like, I think introverts actually have some advantages in, in a sense because we pay more attention to what people say. You know, we're more conscious of, you know, the nuances in, in people's voices and things like that uh, versus extroverts. And so I actually learned that, you know, being an introvert, I can uh, be successful in sales. I don't have to be brash. I don't have to be, you know, in people's faces, I can I can be me and still, um, and actually not just still, but can be maybe even be better at it because of that. That I'm so glad you shared that. I'm an introvert. Introverts unite, and I'm actually <laughs> I, I also read about ambiverts, which is a little bit of introvert and extrovert mm-hmm. depending on what situation you're in. And I, I tend to fall a little bit in the middle because when I have to go speak on stage, you know, I got to bring that that extrovert right. part of when I'm at a networking event. But you know, again, I'm probably probably more of an introvert. So I'm so glad you shared that because I I agree. I think that. Uh, there's this belief out there that if you're not extroverted, if you're not, you know, talking to people all the time, you can't be a great salesperson. And in fact, especially in the world of technology that we live in today, you can be, you can um, yeah. Yeah, be an introvert and easily connect with people with all the different ways that we have to connect now. Because sometimes I, I do hide behind my computer. I'll admit it. Like I have to pick up the phone, but there are some days when I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can talk to anybody. And I know. because I know how to craft <laughs> an email, that you know, it works the same way. So I think it, what you're also right. alluding to is this, that selling is a skill that you learn. And right. you're, you know, you're right. Introverts tend to be good listeners. They pick up on nuances, and we, um, we're, you know, we can be great at sales. And so we've never talked about that on this show. And I, I think that, you know, for all of you who are listening, who feel like, oh, I'm an introvert. You know, how do I do this? I don't want to be out there. Maybe you could be better at selling. That's a belief shift. I like that. So there's, I mean, yeah. and, and I actually didn't know that about you. I wouldn't have, I actually wouldn't have guessed that about you. I, I haven't, hadn't thought about that because you actually sold to me and you were phenomenal. And, and the thing that you really <laughs> came across from you. you was that you, you really cared and you also knew people, other experts in very similar space as me. So you showed how you helped them. I mean, you, you did all of the things that made me know that you could help me as well. And so I think that, um, that knowing this and that um, humble nature and just how you come across makes a big difference. And to everyone who's listening, this is this is probably a big breakthrough for a lot of people, especially starting out in 2018. Like this is great. Like we don't have to change who we are to be successful in selling. And so, Jim, I'm curious. Like looking back at the trajectory of your business and the growth of your business, do you remember your first double or that first phenomenal month that you had where, you know, not only were all the bills paid, but you paid yourself, you paid your business partner, and maybe you had some money left over? Like, do you remember that month <laughs> or that time? And what was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, the it was so our second full, we, we, we started in business in the middle of 2013. So 2014 was our first full year in business. In 2015, we had our um, first six figure month. And by six figure, I mean, barely over a hundred thousand, <laughs> but it was three sales of 35,000 ish, um, 30, 35, 36,000. Um, 
that closed in one month. And they were they're going to be paid out over a year, but we considered, okay, we closed three of these three contracts in a month it was our six figure month. And that was, that was pretty awesome. I mean, it got us a lot of kudos. We were in a, in a uh, mastermind program at the time. We got to speak about that and so on. Um, and that was really cool. And, but what we learned was that it's really a lagging indicator sales. Um, and that if you don't have a process in place to keep, keep that going, um, you know, it, it can be a big bump and then nothing, yeah. <laughs> which it was for a few months uh, for us. So uh, it really got us um, to get ourselves into following our own advice um, and and put some more process in place to make sure that we had regular lead flow. Because those sales all came from a sponsorship, which are great. Um, and I love sponsorships. I think, you know, speaking, I'm going to be speaking at your event. You know, I'm looking forward to it being really successful financially as well as, um, you know, personally for me. Uh, but at the same time, if you're not like, following up with the people that don't buy right away, that if you're not nurturing those sponsorships, you could get maybe one or two sales, but why not get 10? Right. You know, right. if you, if so, but so we got that nice little bump, but then we didn't follow up. And so the rest of the people kind of, yeah. So now we're, you know, on, on point with that. <laughs> the amazing, you know, the things that we teach that we have to remember. I have to go back and read my own books a lot of the time because I forget things. I'm like, why are we doing that? How did we forget about this part? So it sounds right. like after you had that big bump, what you realized is that you needed to put funnels in place for yourself and really nurture your leads yeah. so that you could have that consistent business coming in, which is a, is a great reminder for all of us, just that consistent marketing. And I know at the end, you're going to tell us more about, about you and how you help your clients do that. Before we get there, though, Jim, here's what I'm curious about. Looking back at all the limiting beliefs you've ever had, <laughs> this is a fun little introspective mm. exercise, what... What do you think the number one limiting belief was, not only about selling, but maybe about business or about yourself that you had to overcome to get right now to this moment where you have a successful business, you have your own podcast, you have very happy clients that have, um, you have some really big names in the, the industry, and I'm not talking about myself, I'm talking about other people I know. Um, you have some, in, just some incredible things that you've accomplished, but what, what was that number one limiting belief that you had to overcome, do you think? I really think it goes back to that whole manipulation convincing thing. Um, I mean, I used to think, okay, people are agreeing to speak with me, that they're doing me a favor. I would thank them for coming on the call and I would um, provide them with a number to call into and sort of wait for them to show up and, you know, give them all sorts of leeway and whatever. And I'm not saying now I'm like a jerk about it, but I'm also like realizing I, my time is valuable and I'm offering them a really valuable service because even in the time that we spend together, I'm going to be reviewing their business with them. I'm going to be giving them lots of ideas on how they can move their business forward, whether they do it with me or not. Um, and so that's actually a really great assessment and a great um, opportunity for them to learn and grow. So I have to re keep reminding myself of that on every call um, that I'm bringing value. I'm bringing a lot to the table on this call and it's not, no one's doing anybody a favor here. We're both, it's an equal exchange of value. Um, and so I think that's a huge, like you said earlier, a mindset shift that I've had to make and I have to keep making on every call. <laughs> and then the other kind of corollary to that is not be attached to that turn going one way or another, that the call is the call. And yes, I would love to have it move to the next level, but sometimes it doesn't make sense for it to, and that's fine. Sometimes they're not ready for it to, and that's fine. Um, so uh, but I have to just, you know, keep reminding myself that, you know, there's, it's, yes, I want to help this particular person. Um, and it's great if I can. And if I can't, you know, that's, that's okay, too. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, detachment, being in that 
moment and being willing to walk away. So we talk a lot about that at Sales Camp in some of our rooms, just the idea of, um, you know, if we hold on to a prospect and we try to make them fit, even when they don't fit, we actually have a limiting belief about scarcity, right? Like there's not enough available. There must not be another one because we're going to strangle this one until we say yes, let's say yes. Totally. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because I, one of the things I learned early on from, from, from another coach, (laughs) um, uh, because we, we, we big, we're big believers in coaches. Um, we've had coaches since the early days in our business. Um, and, um, they said, you know, the more, the quicker you can get to a no, the faster you can get to the next. Oh, yes. yeah. You know, if you keep hanging on to the maybes, oh my gosh, you drown in the maybes. <laughs> so, and, and don't yeah, you think people can on. feel that? I mean, when you're just, when you, I mean, there's an energy or a feeling of that, of, so, I mean, you could say desperation, but it's like of this, like that, that I don't believe that we're worth it or, and, and, you know, it's people right. sense that. It's the convincing. It switches into convincing. They start to feel like you're trying to convince mm-hmm. them you know, that they should make us, that they should make the decision that you want them to make when maybe it's not the right decision for them at that time. Or if it is, you know, a lot of times what's, what's even worse sometimes for me is when people make the decision to do it under that kind of pressure. And then even if I don't necessarily mean to apply it, they feel it and they feel like they have to you know please me or whatever. And so they say yes. And then they're dissatisfied right. because now they made that, that decision when they didn't really, when, when it didn't, wasn't right for them. And then, you know, there's so much pressure on us to deliver and, you know, it's just, it doesn't. doesn't That's a great, great <laughs> point. Anybody. I, you know, of where we end up when the yes really shouldn't have been quite a yes. I, um, I shared in one of my books, Selling with Attention, I talked about uh, in my early days, I took on this service-based company, but I had a red flag from the beginning, but there was just a part of me like, oh my gosh, I need the money and I got to close the sale and it's kind of desperate. Yeah. <laughs> and I coached the sales team. Well, let's say I coached probably one person on the sales team for six months. It was a team of people that never, they didn't have any accountability. The owner didn't really care what they, where they were, what they did. They got paid no matter what. And I was supposed to coach them. It was awful. And it was a great lesson for me to learn early on in my business. And, you know, I, just for everyone who's listening, just a reminder, you know, you probably have prospects that you never need to call again. And there's clients that when your contract is finished with them, never call them again. <laughs> Let them go because it totally creates <laughs> room yeah. for the clients that you do want to work with. And that's, I'm curious about that, Jim. Like, how do you, like now, you know, how do you know when your ideal client is in front of you and what, you know, what's that, what's that knowing or that, um, what has shifted for you in this area now? Sure. I mean, we do have a list of criteria that we put together as far as their business type and things like that. But then more importantly, it's attitude and mindset. You know, if they are pushing back right away from being a participant in their growth, you know, because what we do is, you know, digital marketing, that's like bottom line. That's the, that's the details of what we do. But really what we do is we help them grow their business. And as their partner in that, we aren't, it's not like they're throwing the you know, they're not lobbing the tennis ball over to us and then we just have to hit it back. It's, they are, ha- they have to be con- engaged. They have to continue to be engaged. You know, there's content to be created. You know, w- there's different things that, that they need to do to grow their business. We can't create their webinar for them, for right. example. We can't, you know, write their content in their voice and their, with their ex- level of expertise. So if, if they're already starting out pushing back on having to do any work, if they thought that marketing was, oh, we just put some ads up and then all of a sudden, boom, the floodgates open, well, that's going to be an issue. For example, that's one th- one red flag that would come up. Another is is being really indecisive um, and making me, you know, not making me, but you know, 
it's sort of getting to the point where it's like, I feel like I'm following up with them all the time rather when, when they say yes and then they don't follow through and they don't sign the contract and they don't get back to me and they disappear. You know, that's just like, you know what? We're better off. We probably dodged a bullet on that. Right. For sure. I mean, and you guys, I mean, I, I will say you do a ton of the heavy lifting. It is like plug and play. And there were, you know, there were things that I had to do to do as your client, but it was, um, it was really, you know, manageable and it was really exciting because I knew where we were going. And so I think a part of it, what you're saying too, is that like people have to trust you in that process and really see you as the expert and let you run with yeah. it and, and trust it, but also get their homework done. <laughs> so, um, that too. Right. That's a good point too. Yeah. People are really, really nitpicky about everything and that, that you shouldn't, I mean, get it. It's your business. It's your baby. I would be too. I get it. But at a certain point, like you said, that trust has to be there. You have to let go and, and know that we've been doing this for a long time. We didn't sign up with you to lead you astray and, you know, work with you for a few months and destroy your business and waste your money <laughs> and disappear. That's not, there's a lot of fly by net operations yeah. that do that. I get that. There's and people have been burned and but our jo- our goal is to be is to be partners for a long time, and we wouldn't, you know. So, our our goal is to get you, get you results, and so yeah. trust us <laughs> with that. And yeah, and if that trust isn't there, man, that can be. Well, really what tough. I really appreciated was the the metrics of. I love the numbers. I love looking at like the numbers and just certain markers and just how you have you and your team have really guided me along with my team through that process. And just you're so exact in that, and I just really appreciate that level of. Um, you know, focus on on what works and what doesn't work. So it's it you know it's like it's okay. one thing to get the clients. We talk about on the phone on this call all the time, and it's the next level of you know how do I deliver and how do I help my clients um, be successful. You know, it's so so important. All right, we gotta keep going though. So like, yeah. I think that's a big part of sales. I know. You, yeah, I'll, we'll move on real quick. I know, but it just yeah, delivery is. I consider that kind of an extension right. of sales. Like if the if the delivery off, it it's destroys the sales process. Yeah, you know, because you're not yeah. going to get repeat clients, you're not going to get referrals if that right. experience isn't what, you know, a client asked me one time, because we, we have a, we do a mastermind VIP session for our synchronized clients. It's kind of a, an added bonus. Uh, not kind of, it is an added bonus that we include and it there's a cost to it. And, you know, we send our clients to the spa, we do this great day, they get all this great food and it's a great hmm. experience. And a client said to me, she's like, how can you afford to do this? And I said, how can I afford not to? Like, this is part of the experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it we're profitable business. We've worked it in, but do I have to do that? No. Does it make, do my clients love it? Yeah, they love it. And it adds to that level of luxury that we like our clients to experience when they're with us. And so it's, it is, it's that whole, you know, for those of you who are listening, like what is your client experience? Because that's what leads to you know, the repeat business and referrals. So Jim, I'm curious, like I know you've grown the business multiple times and you know, you've had these, these big months, but can you share with us like today, when you sit down with your team, what are the top two sales strategies that, that you rely on to grow yourself? I mean, no, part of it's in the digital world, but what are those two strategies that are so important to the work that you do? Well, one of the big things for us has really been our positioning. Um, we position ourselves as an authority and an expert in what we do. So creating content, aligning yourselves with, um, you mentioned digital marketer. So we're a you know, digital marketer partner and Infusionsoft partner. Um, we, we, we leverage the visibility and the, the name of our, of our known clients. I mean, so that's, that's helpful. Um, getting out there speaking on stages, the, the authority that comes from speaking on a stage is like irreplaceable. <laughs> that's a, that's a huge, um, you know, and just really trying to position ourselves. Um, and I think effectively to certain degree, (laughs) um, uh, as being the go-to people in our niche so that, you know, 
like you said, we're the we're the digital marketing um, partner for thought leaders and experts, experts and thought leaders, and that's just what we want to be known as. And so that's the big thing is positioning. And then the, the second thing is really, like I mentioned before, having that system um, to uh, and a process uh, to generate qualified leads predictably and reliably. So if we do that um, through speaking with follow-up digital form, that's one one piece of it. The other piece is just 100% digital where we bring, you know, run ads on Facebook and bring people in through that. And so those are the two big, big things we use, the positioning and the system. And which ties perfectly to the next part, because I want you to teach us a little bit, like go a little bit deeper. I mean, you guys, like you said, you're an expert in helping experts and thought leaders create a consistent and predictable stream of new clients. You can say that faster than I can, but really creating that predictable stream <laughs> of new clients and helping them establish authority in their niche. I mean, the top things that you do are also what you teach. No surprise there, right? So what else do you want to share with us about how you help your clients really grow their businesses? Sure. I mean, one of the big things that you just mentioned was in their niche. So a lot of people um, don't have one. Um, so I encourage you, if you are an expert or a coach or some type of consultant, anyone that's sort of selling your knowledge and your expertise versus products, um, you you want. And even if you're selling products, I mean, it certainly can't hurt to be an authority in that. I mean, look at um, things like Dollar Save Club or whatever. They have people that you know that are their spokespersons in a way. So, um, but but have a niche. You know, don't you can't sell. Um, everything to everyone. That's impossible. Um, and you know, when you are the the known go to in that particular niche, uh, it just makes it so much easier all around. First of all, people know they can and should go to you for that particular service. People know how to refer to you. Um, people know, you know, it's if you've ever done any of these groups where you do networking and get referrals and things like that. I mean, no one can know what to refer to you if you're not specialized. If you don't have a specific clientele that you service and and offer them a specific thing. So it's two things that you want to make sure you that you that you niche around is one is the audience. Uh, so make sure you know who you serve. And the second is make sure you know what you sell them. So uh, that's why we've really, really narrowed down. <laughs> we started off, uh, it was early on in our business that we decided to get rid of the website thing that was carrying me for eight to 10 years. Um, you know, and it, or longer, if you continue back into when I really started, I didn't start as a business until uh, 2003 uh, as the uh, web design business, but I had been doing it sort of freelance since the early 90s, or sorry, late 90s. So it was really hard to give that up. But by really saying, okay, look, we're fo we are a digital marketing agency that does not include building websites and design because that's a huge distraction mm -hmm. for us. Uh, it's a different process. Um, it doesn't allow us to have a process, really, because every every project is a little bit different. So um, it really allows us to um, have that solid um, process and know for people to know who we are and who we serve and how to refer to us and and when they find us that what we what we can offer to them. So that's a huge big thing. So and then the the um, other piece I would offer is um, that a lot of people encourage well, a lot of people come to us, let's say, and they want to sell a membership site for fifty dollars a month or they want to sell a course that they made for one ninety seven um, and I would really encourage them what we do with if they actually become a client of ours is we we bring them back to the basics like start with high ticket. Um, so you're offering, there's a lot of reasons for that. One is 
um, first of all, it's your fastest path to cash. Yeah, it's great. I can sell a thousand of these 197 things and I have 197,000. You know how hard it is to sell a thousand things at $197, (laughs) right? It's a lot of money behind that marketing machine and it takes a while to get to that point. So if you can instead start with selling, you know, 10, 19,000 things, you know, that's a lot easier of a process and a lot easier of a funnel to build. So um, we really encourage people to start um, selling to their niche um, one very specific high ticket service uh, and then then move down market. So the other reason for doing that is, I don't mean down market, I shouldn't say that. I don't mean like going from Tiffany's to Walmart. I mean moving say, sure. in your same audience, um, but selling them lower ticket items. Uh, but the other reason you, you could do this is who wants to buy a membership site of somebody that they, you know, what, what, where is your authority? You know, you need to start building that authority. And that comes from having the case studies of the, high, of the big clients, of having those wins. Not even big clients, having case studies of clients that you've worked with one-on-one and gotten amazing results for them. Then people want to start buying your 197 courses and um, they want to start, you know, signing up for your membership sites because you have um, content to share with them. You have, you know, expertise to share with them. You've, you've demonstrated that. The other thing is... Um, yeah, just just the the power of that leverage can't come until you have um, a list to, to sort of market to. Because if all you're doing is um, trying to sell 197 products or fifty dollar products to um, cold traffic, that is expensive, <laughs> and you're very unlikely to cover your costs. So you want to start with um, you know you start with high ticket and pro- and along the way build your list. So that you um, are in building your list means things like offering um, free content, but they have to sign up for to get, um, you know, like lead magnets, like free eBooks, like um, maybe a short course, a video course, something that's, that's um, low cost for you to create and um, but high value to the, um, to the lead. Uh, and start building that list so that when you have enough people on your list, then you can start, you can market to those people for free. You've already acquired them. So, um, and they're a lot easier to acquire when you're not selling. If you're trying to directly sell to them, it's a, it's a much higher ticket to acquire them. So if you can acquire these leads into low cost, um, low, you know, free, usually free things, um, that's a lot um, better later on to try to do that leverage. And then the third piece I want to add to this, um, if I may, is um, what we have, we have this system called growth optimization that we put together and growth optimization really is about um uh there's seven steps um the first four steps of it though are what we call your growth platform and your growth platform is um bringing in the attention getting people's attention um turning them into leads so giving them some sort of free content that they have to opt in for qualifying them through some sort of application through um a webinar some some sort of higher um uh, commitment activity, and then finally offering them your core offer. Usually, if it's high ticket, through a a call, a one on one call, and so that would be the final piece of this puzzle when you're when you're doing this. Is so you've you've picked your your niche, who you're selling to, and what you're selling them, choosing the high ticket item that it is that you want to focus on, and then building out that platform to um, to deliver it. And so that means um, 
little bit of technology uh, and um, just uh, focus, I guess, <laughs> on that audience. And then um, usually within, you can usually build out this, this platform within uh, two to three months. And then you spend the rest of the time sort of solidifying it um, and tweaking it. And you can, this can be the driver of your business for your entire first year or first year when you commit. Doesn't have to be the first year of your business, but when you, you know, the, the entire next year, let's say. And that's how, what I would what I would say they, they, that you would need to do to establish that um, authority and get that pre- predictable stream of clients. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, when I decided to work with your you and your team, it was really because I needed to get off the road. I, you know, I, I've done a ton of speaking, a lot of free speaking, and one of the big shifts, I mean, I have a four-year-old. He's four now. Now he really knows, Luca knows when I'm on the road. He's like, where are you going, Mom? And Mm -hmm. so um, last year was kind of my last year of doing a lot of free speaking and traveling. This year it's all paid speaking or, you know, free, but only at at very specific places. And the rest, you know, it's it's partnering with you and and all the um, initiatives that I have with my team in the, you know, the online space. So it's both. And I think it's important to note, you know, it's, it's, important to be doing both online and offline off we call it offline sales and we're having the conversation because at some point you're probably still having a conversation as Jim you already mentioned you know when you get off you know when that lead comes to you what are you going to do with it and so really driving that process and setting it up for yourself is so important I'm curious you mentioned you mentioned I mean phenomenal information about positioning and finding your niche critical like if you don't like for those who are listening if if you're not clear on that yet that's a place you have to have to get clear um, because it just makes it drives all of your marketing, where you're focusing and where you're speaking or whatever it is that you might be doing. You did mention Lyft. I, I wanted to touch on that for a moment because I think there's this there's been this belief in the industry, I don't know, and and at least in, in my industry, the the speaking expert world coaches, but you know, it's it's important to have a really big list. And yet I found that that's not necessarily always true. Can you talk to us about what you know size of list we should have, what should we be aiming for, or what's most important about that list? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's specific size is really the factor. It's really the, um, the engagement, one thing, and the targeting. So I wasn't necessarily saying you can't grow your business without a list. What I was saying is what you want to do is have, before you start selling the um, lower ticket items, you want to have some sort of list in place. Because I think you, you know, early on with working with you, we did a um, some outreach to your list. And I don't know the size of it. It's not important um, really, but I know that a couple sales came through that and people forget that like these people that it might not have been the right time for when they originally signed up for whatever it was that they, that you offered them, it might be the time for them now. (laughs) So, um, you know, keep them engaged and occasionally offer them things, but don't always offer them things. So if, so if all your list is, is sending out buy stuff, you know, keep, you know, keep sending out buy, buy the, buy my stuff. Well, that's a you know, formula for a disengaged list um, and probably unsubscribe list and possibly even a flagging a spam list, which is worse because <laughs> you don't right. want to get yourself um, blacklisted. But um, I think what a list is really good for, like I said, is is getting to, um, for one thing, mining that list later on. I shouldn't say mining. These are people. <laughs> but, um, you know, reaching out to these people in the list who are, um, you know, possibly not ready at the time, but keep, keep nurturing them. And then eventually make that, you know, when you make an offer, they might, they might take it. Um, the other thing is when you're, um, offering something lower priced, um, you have that, uh, that those resources available to you rather than having to go, you know, back to Facebook and and run a campaign to pay for those leads again. That's kind of where I see the list. And as far as high ticket, I don't think it's crucial. Yeah. 
um, early on, especially. I think the biggest thing is um, having the right people come in, having the right process in place um, to bring people, get their attention, give them some content, qualify them so you're not spending all your time talking to people who are unqualified and, and you know, being disappointed and getting frustrated and, and discouraged. And then, um, you know, having those one-on-one conversations with them where you can close the sale. Yep. Fantastic. Well, Jim, I know there's people who are listening who are interested in hearing more about your company and connecting with you. And I think you have something special for them. So tell us what the next step might be. Sure. Well, I mean, if this idea of the growth platform that I talked about, um, you know, bringing in the people, bringing leads from Facebook into your funnel uh, is interesting for you and or or if you're struggling with leads and you hadn't really thought about how you're going to get them and how you're going to qualify them. Well, there is a great way that we've identified and uh, we have a webinar all about that for you that you can that you can check out. Uh, It's a training. It's about an hour long uh, available on our website. So you can just go to visify.com slash new training, like N-E-W training, and um, it's there for you. And it gives you um, an outline, um, gives, definitely give you more sense of, of what we do and how we've grown our business, as well as how we've grown other expert businesses, and give you a great overview of the overall growth optimization system that I, that I mentioned, and then a really step-by-step way of um, putting together your own growth platform to uh, bring in those qualified leads and sell more. Awesome. Again, it's visify.com forward slash new training. So yep. definitely check that out. Um, it's, you know, this is a perfect time of year. I mean, whether you're listening to this at the forefront of the year, every time, every, whenever you might be listening, it's probably the perfect time. But right now, um, for those who are listening to this for the first time, you know, 2018 is here. What are you going to do that's different this year so that you can end up somewhere else at the end of 2018 and really reach the goals you want to reach. So visify.com forward slash new training. And I can say that, you know, my investment in your company, you know, was it really made a difference for us pretty quickly. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that you're a sponsor at the Quantum Sales Summit. So thank you for investing in our community and making it you know, making our event even better. We're excited to hang out with you guys at the end of the month. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We're also excited to introduce you to our community in person. I mean, it's great, you know, with, with I know. this platform, but um, there's a lot of people we want you to meet and connect yeah, with. We've never even met in person, so I'm excited about I know. that. <laughs> <laughs> we live in this digital world now. Yeah, so it's going to be in person and um, be in that space. So, so Jim, you know, just in closing, sometimes people who are listening might be having a great month. Um, others might be coming off their worst year in a while. So what's your best advice for someone who, you know, is maybe didn't have the greatest 2017, is worried about 2018? What would you say to them? Oh, man, we just had our first uh, team meeting of the year because one of us was out sick yesterday. And so we just did um, our kind of end of year um, recap, new year kickoff. I would say, you know, let go of whatever happened last year. <laughs> um, you know, definitely... Re- don't ignore it. I mean, because what happened happened. So you have to acknowledge it. So I would say, you know, think about what what you what did you expect last year to be like? How did it turn out? And what can you do this year? What are you looking to do this year? And how are you, you know, going to make sure that that happens? Beautiful. Thank you. So thanks again for being here. We appreciate you and we'll see you in a few weeks. All right. Thank you.
And thanks, listeners. We so appreciate you. We're so grateful to have you as part of our community. If you're interested in checking out the Quantum Sales Summit, it's um, you can go to Quantum Sales Summit, just like that, .com, and you can learn more about the event that's coming up at the end of January. We also um, have a free gift for you on our website. You can go to www.salescoachnow.com, and we have a free webinar there, so definitely check that out. It's all about how to grow your sales without feeling pushy, and um, Jim might have had a little bit of hand in helping me with that, so we're really excited about that new webinar and that training that we're offering. And again, we just want to thank all of you for reaching out to us, letting us know that you appreciate the show. If there's anything we can do for you, um, please let us know. And I just want to encourage you to make 2018 your most epic year yet. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to Double Your Sales Now. To get even more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales now. Thank you.